Welcome, everybody, to another very special edition of the Purple Nights podcast. This time around, I'm joined by a very special guest and a relatively new friend of mine, but uh, I'd say we've, we've grown pretty close over the past couple months or weeks or however long it's been. I, it's, it's, it, I think I, I feel like we've known each other for years, Chris. That's what happens when you're in the purple, in, in the purple uh, fam. Yes, exactly. You, I, you I find would, lots of fast friends. Yes, I would echo those thoughts. Yeah, precisely. We have Purple Kurt from the Purple Kurt podcast on YouTube. Thanks so much for joining us, Kurt. Chris, it's been it's how long have we been trying to get this going? <laughs> We've it's, been talking about this for a minute. It's been a while. We've been trying to get uh, multiple guests to join us, but it hasn't worked out. So we decided, OK, enough's enough. We'll forge ahead on our go. own. We're just going to go with the two of us. Yep. And uh, hammer out this thing. So welcome to America. The deluxe edition. Uh, we'll be going through the album track by track. And then after that's um, completed, then we'll go through. We'll talk a little bit about the presentation of the deluxe package. And oh. then also... We'll give you guys a little bit of input on the live Blu-ray, which, of course, is a concert from the L.A. Forum on April 28th, 2011, on Blu-ray. And it's an awesome concert. Oh, it's great. But we don't want to give away too much because we want you all to buy the set and experience it for yourself. So Absolutely. Um. Okay, let's do this in a gentlemanly in a gentlemanly way. Yes, Kurt, I'll hand it over to you for track number one, the uh, title track. Welcome to America. It's uh, so, Chris. First of all, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm so glad we're joining forces on this, and it, I never need an excuse to talk about Prince and uh, any of the music that uh, that that comes out. This this track, when it first came out, uh, I'll echo what I've heard a lot of other people say. The album as a whole, you, if you listen to these tracks isolated, you're like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is cool. When you listen to this particular opening track as, and then listen to the rest of the album, it's a song cycle. And this introduction, this prelude to the themes that would be presented throughout the the entire album, save for when she comes and uh, check the record. You know, you, you've got, if you're doing a Prince record, you've got to have a little bit of a bravado and a little bit of, you know, I'm all that. But with this whole album, it, it really, I mean, like a lot of people said, it feels like it was recorded yesterday or it was feel like it was recorded last year with all the unrest that happened in Minneapolis, George Floyd, uh, political division, uh, the way that mass media, social media has taken control of uh, our lives and have retooled how we listen to music and all that. You could have sworn that this title track was recorded last year. Um, and it just sets off this, this little slinky bass line. 
It's it's lugubrious ba- this lugubrious ba- baseline played by the phenomenal uh, young Tal Wickenfeld. It it's just it, it's great. And having Elisa Fiorillo, Shelby J, and Liv Warfield uh, with the with the impeccable uh, tr- triple harmony, the trio of vocals that they put on it. I, I I can't say enough about it. It's it sounds like it was recorded yesterday. Right. We also want to give a shout out as well to the drummer Chris Coleman. Oh, absolutely. So yep. there was there's Prince Tall and Chris Coleman are the power trio. Yeah. Uh extraordinaire uh all throughout this album. So we want to give a shout out to all those or those three musicians. Absolutely. Um especially and then you said as you said, the backup singers as well, Elisa, Liv, and Shelby J. And I'm a little biased when it comes to Shelby J because I've met her in person on two different occasions. Yes, you have. You're, and she's another jo- fellow Johnson as well. Yes, exactly. And she was very, she was very, very loving and very, just a very open, warm, inviting soul. So. I'm I'm biased. I'm positively biased where Shelby J is concerned. Yeah, so, and, and quite quite frankly, Chris, I don't understand all the hate. Why uh, you know certain people are trolling on social media? You know, there's too much of Shelby J. I've seen memes made. You know, Shelby J with Prince. <laughs> you yes. know, live in concert. You know, it, it's yes. She, you know, nobody said this stuff when he had Wendy and Lisa on backing tracks or Jill Jones or um, on 3121. Uh, help me out. Um, uh, oh, Lord. Be on Beautiful, Loved and Blessed. Milk and Honey. <laughs> Her solo album was going to be. Yes, Tamar. Yeah. Nobody nobody said a word while he was alive when he had all these female uh either proteges or female background singers or both. Um so I don't understand why this is any different. You know, he's had a history of, of women, you know, Sheena Easton guesting on a, a background book. Nobody nobody ever you know, Sheila, for God's sake. Yeah. Nobody ever I don't, I don't understand the the hate either. It's kind of part of the entropy of society you know kind of tying into the themes of the title track on the album right you know um people's morality and their you know their superficiality really comes out to the fore when they start you know bashing these backup singers and it's really it's really unfortunate but all i've got to say to that is Welcome to America. <laughs> well done. There you go. Well done. well done, sir. Yes. There you go. So, yeah, this track, and I agree, it's a, it's definitely a concept album. Um, definitely meant to be listened to as an album, as a cohesive, yeah, coherent whole, rather than, you know, to be heard piecemeal uh track by track which we're breaking that down the album track by track so that's yes, kind of we are. kind of uh 
counter to the message of the album. But, <sighs> you know, we we can only do what we can do, right? So you got it. Um, yeah, but this song, this entire album is very topical. You know, dealing with social issues as far as you know the elite class oppressing you know the people beneath them or the people below them on the social on the social ladder you know and and the manipulation of mass media and social media plays into that as well um very you know superficial goings on superficial attitudes popularity contests rather than you know valuing substance and you know i mean that's what the track speaks to basically the state of the world or the more accurately the state of the country and i agree in that respect it's very very relevant to today but you know and i've heard it say I've heard it said to the point where it's almost cliche now, but Prince really was ahead of his time. Oh, he was way no, ahead no of question. the curve. He was way ahead of the curve, not only spiritually, but in terms of speaking about social matters and the state of the country, the state of the world. He was way ahead of all of us. And I think we're realizing that now. With the was an album yes. that was recorded eleven years ago, and it seems so, so, so relevant right now. So Prince was way ahead of the game in that in that respect. You know, Chris, to your point, uh, the wonderful uh, Andrea Swenson and the Prince Estate putting together all these, you know. Uh, the official Prince podcast and the most recent episode that aired about uh, Welcome to America, the album, and the episode three, which just came out about uh, the internet is dead. And there are actual audio, there's actual audio footage where you hear Prince talking about hits on YouTube or downloads on YouTube and and all this stuff. And you know, YouTube was still, it wasn't in its infancy, but it was it wasn't the dominating factor that it is now. Right. And you hear him talking about this. And if you had just put another, if, if you had, if he were still alive and the date on that audio clip of him talking was, was dated on, uh, you know, July, 2021, it's just as relevant. He, he, he sounds like he's talking about today. Like you said, the guy was ahead of his time. He knew exactly what was going to happen once iTunes and all these other places came down uh, and said, look, this is the way you got to promote your music, Prince. Knows if, ands, or buts. But um, they get to choose the price on how much they're going to pay the artist. He already saw the road ahead. Now you look at artists now. Nobody's making uh, money the way they used to. Artists like Stevie Nicks, a very dear friend of Prince's, sold her catalog to Primary Wave, who ha- now owns half of Prince's estate. <laughs> yeah catalog you know so he saw that road ahead he knew that that stuff like that was going to happen and, yeah and speak, uh, speaking of the duplicitness du- duplicitness duplicity of the uh record industry 
and the music yeah. industry as a whole. That's a good segue into track number two, Running Game, Son of a Slave yes. Master, which is basically Prince's commentary through the vessel of Shelby J, which we Absolutely. love. I personally love Shelby on this track. Uh, I love her, the track. Her flow, her flow is amazing. And yep. it's it's not exactly a rap song, but it's it's quasi rap or proto rap, I would say. But her flow is just perfect on this song. And from what I understand on the official podcast, uh, Prince told her maybe this is about to rap in the same page, different book. Yeah, but I could be mixing the two up, but Prince told her. Okay, you're gonna be rapping, so go outside in the hallway and write your rap, and come in and lay it down. You yeah, know? but so but, I, but to flow like water, to flow like water, and that yeah. is the other track. But it, it it doesn't matter. I think the whole the the whole flow of this track flows like water too. It's very. This is not an album that. This is not 1999. This isn't. This this is not. Um, deliberately intended to be radio hit after radio hit after radio hit. Right. And right. This is an album, you know, when he, when he, you know, this comes post musicology where he talks about in that title track, you know, don't you miss the feeling music gave you back in the day. This album is, and the, these first two tracks are definitely that back in the day, particularly when we get to uh, later tracks, you know, the homages to Curtis Mayfield and all the 70s soul. Yep. This this second track reminds me a lot of War, the group War, you know, yep, uh, yep. Uh, uh, the world is a ghetto. And the first track is kind of like his version of George Clinton's Parliament's Funkadelic's Chocolate City. So there's a blueprint throughout these you know first couple of tracks cluing us into what vibe he's going for. Yeah. It's very clear if you've listened to his music back in the 70s, he starts in 78 all the way through you see you see that this is not just a throwback but he's trying to the vibe of it and and but the topics are of today right. so he, it's it's weird you know chris you've got all the throwback elements of 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 the music that he grew up and he loved and he worshiped and he integrated into his own music and he brings it right into 2010 and and talks about the topics of today. And the funny thing is, is that it, it just it just works. He makes his own mixture of yesterday and today and just makes it work in the now. It, it's incredible. Right. It's incredible stuff. And yeah, the vibe is really a really funky princely throwback to that 1970s soul uh superfly um vibe so yeah these first two tracks are are quite an amazing way to start out an album and quite a quite a statement as i say on of the state of the country yeah and the second track the state of the music industry so oh just as relevant today you know, yeah, when, he, when, he would, when he would talk about free TLC, you know, during the slave era where he was putting slave on mascara on his face. Yep. This is what he was talking about right yep. here, right yep. in this track. 
Yeah. And the fact that he mentions specifically, uh, like in the first track, he mentions uh, iPad. He mentions uh, Google. He's never mentioned these corporations' names, you know, uh, Diacom, uh, which sounds like Viacom, but it, right. it's, it's, in the, it's in the printed lyrics as I'm looking at as Diacom. NASCAR is mentioned in this current track we're talking about. So he mentions a lot of product stuff. You know, maybe he didn't release it because he was afraid that the product placement, they might say, hey, you know, you, you don't have clearance to use our names. Right. You know, who knows? Only he knows. He, he's not with us anymore. But that's the first time I can think of in an album where he specifically mentions a product and a product name. I mean, I'm sure somebody out there is going to go, oh, no, actually, you know. Right. Definitely. Well, I don't remember. Do you? I don't remember a time where he's mentioned a product specifically like that. The only the only thing I can remember that's even close to that. I mean, Corvette. I don't know if it was an actual product, but it might have just been something that he made up. But inventors of the AccuJack. Oh, yeah. No, actually, I think that was real. Oh, really? (laughs) I don't know firsthand. Uh, pardon the pun, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, um, no, I think that, 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 that might, well, he, he might've come up with that, but you know, he does mention little red Corvette Corvette is, you know, product made by Chevy. Right. So, I mean, I, but he doesn't attack, he doesn't attack the corporate right. element in that. Right. You know, he, he, this is where he's attacking negative pl- placement. He's dissing uh, product placement. Right. And and that's a huge um, uh, difference, I guess. I guess is the point I'm making. <laughs> and then we have a track that I'm, I'm, uh, I have a, a specific attachment to this track and it's very selfish and very egotistical. That is to say that this song was recorded on my 30th birthday. Oh, cool. On my 30th. 31st birthday no my 30th because it was March 12th 2010 okay so it was my 30th birthday and that oh. is the Curtis Mayfield um Oof. Cornell West inspired track <laughs> Born to Die uh, it, it's it's a it's a Prince classic I'll tell you that right now it it I think this album's a Prince classic. I'm I'm just going to go out there and say that right now. I love this album, and and this this, this is one of the highlights. It, it's so good. <laughs> I um, agree. the The layered harmonies and the vocals, uh, in the background vocals, and uh, Prince's yes, pristine falsetto. Uh, never display. lost it. Never lost it. Uh no. No, it's as strong as ever on this track. Yes. And again, a very socially socially aware, very, very socially relevant um, track about a woman who is forced yep. to become a drug dealer on the streets of Oakland, right? Yep. Um, and sex trafficking, too. Yes, you know, sex trafficking that, that, as well. Yep. Which is still a very rampant problem today. Uh, and again, awesome. we're talking about an album. I di- I keep having to remind myself that we're talking about an album that's 11 years old. 
and he's still, you know, the issues he's addressing are still relevant today. And one, it says a lot about Prince. Yeah. And two, it's a sad commentary on society where these issues still remain so present and so seemingly unresolved. But we'll get to that a little bit later sure. when we talk about a thousand light years from here. Oh. How to resolve those issues. But I mean, this yeah. this album, these songs are like, they're hard hitting and they're in your face, you know, about, you know, modern issues. But they don't and, scream at you. But they don't scream. Yes. It's, it's a resigned, uh, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, this but I mean, just, they're hard hitting in the sense that they, they're, yeah. they're, they're captivating. They're oh, absolutely. immensely captivating and they, they hit you right in the soul. You're like, wow, this is really, really deep, relevant, thought provoking stuff. And I can't think of an album where, um, as a whole, where it's so, um, you know, thought provoking in terms of commentary on society and commentary on the world. There's, there's, there was a time, particularly in the eighties where Prince would pepper his albums with, you know, political songs or America, you know, commentary on sure social issues, but. Yeah. As far as a, an entire album, an entire body of work mm-hmm. taking on issues like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to America is unparalleled in that yes, respect. Correct. So to me, just, yep. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing to me. It, it, Chris, I think it, 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 if you take a look at the, the blue, like we talk about the blueprint of the 70s soul socially conscious albums that Prince was raised on wars. The world is a ghetto Marvin Gaye's what's going on. Yep. And this album yep. very much reminds me of both those albums in particularly the Marvin Gaye album. I would say you, you could put this album on a playlist with the war album. What's going on Stevie songs in the key of life. And this would fit right in and be worthy of all of those other classic, classic albums. I agree. That blend I, both I, the social and Curtis Mayfield's, you know, Superfly soundtrack. It's all, all of that. I totally and agree. Absolutely. Totally and, but, agree. But in Prince's filter, in Prince's unique way. Right. Right. You know, it's uniquely it's, Prince. Like the sure. backwards vocals uh, that he does, which I haven't heard him do backwards spoken stuff that I haven't heard him do since Purple Rain. Right. On, on, on the title track. You know, things like that. Do you still have his little tricks up his sleeve? Stuff he's done throughout his history, recorded history. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the, <laughs> coincidentally, talking about corporations and name-checking, you know, corporate, corporate giants. Yeah. Uh, the backwards lyrics on welcome to america are clearly a dig at clear channel which oh, yeah. back then it was clear channel now they're known as iHeartRadio. radio 
Yeah. But they were basically, um, you know, taking local radio stations and scooping them, scooping them up. Yeah. And integrating them into this big, faceless yeah. corporate conglomerate yep. and structure. Yep. And so that's Prince's commentary on them as well. So and we can get into the deluxe box set. Uh, the, the, you know what I'm talking about when you open it up and he talk and he addresses the text that's in there right. before you open the LPs. We can, we can address right. that later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So much to dig into, man. Right. Oh. Good stuff. Yeah. But oh, great. Born stuff. to yeah. die. I mean, <sighs> and it's so, it's so weird that this was recorded literally on my birthday uh, with, with the title, it. with the I title, like it. born to die. Um, so it sort of makes me think of my own mortality in a way, but that's for another episode. From the cradle to the grave, Chris. It's another way of saying from the cradle to the grave, born to die. Exactly. It's it's his way of saying from the cradle to the grave. And then we've got, yes, my favorite track. Uh Personally, my favorite track on the whole entire album. It's a highlight. Um, and we had a sort of reprise of this, and I can call it a reprise yes. right. in yes, retrospect because this chronologically comes before um, the version that we got incorporated, interpolated into Black Muse Off. on yep. Hit and Run Phase 2. And I like that version as well. Yes, I do. I, I, yeah. Into the last half of mm-hmm. Black Muse. Yep. on hit and run phase two but uh here it's its own song of course we're talking about a thousand light years from here oh. and kurt you... what are your thoughts on that okay uh, thank you i was just gonna i was just gonna say if i might read the lyrics i mean the first verse we can live underwater it ain't hard when you've never been a part of the country on dry land we used to be smarter. We taught them what they know and now got to show what it means to be American. I I mean, that first line, how black America, people of color, have never been part of the country on dry land. They've had to live underwater, underground, under the radar, you know, and, and right away, talk about hard hitting like we were talking about, like you were talking about previously. Right. He hits it right out of the gate, right? With such an infectious song, I'm I'm shocked that this 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 never came out in some form. That this, I know other than the, the reprise, the hit and run, the hit and run phase two version is a completely different vibe, right? Um, completely different lyrics, but if you if you listen they, to they, it, it, it's almost as if it could be an extra verse. Sure. Tacked on to this version, or quite literally a reprise, yeah. Because he's talking about he he says in that version, he said, "Will it be on land or near the water?" Yeah, so you know what? He's You're calling right. yep. back to this version, so it's like its own little Easter egg, you know, that version of the song, and that's what I find so. Awesome and so brilliant sure. about it. Yeah. But this version of the song is just 
I was absolutely blown away when I heard this song and these lyrics, especially the verse where he says, why would God make heaven so far away with the whole world of his children crying to him every day? And that's something that I think about on the regular because I'm a very spiritual, very metaphysical type minded person and so i think about spirituality a lot especially in these times Mm. and it just resonated with me so much that i was i was nearly moved to moved to tears when i heard that because it's like prince although and i've talked about this before in previous podcasts he was very much a secular artist but I don't know many other secular artists um, who have such spirituality and such faith running through their music as yep. completely and as profoundly as Prince did. It's it's remarkable, and it's part of the reason why um, all of us as fans, even though there are quite a few atheist Prince fans, believe it or not, but all of us as fans can sort of resonate on a spiritual level. Sure. And that's because Prince was such a spiritually attuned um, artist and human being. And it's just remarkable to me and so moving and so soul stirring to hear, you know, um, professions of faith, like that verse in, this song a thousand light years from here um just so moving um i really don't know what else to say i mean i mean words can't adequately describe the feeling i get when i hear this song and it's just you know um to me it's looking toward a future um not necessarily utopia because i don't think that's realistically achievable sad to say i don't think world peace will not here. ever be realistically yeah. achievable because yeah. hu- humanity is you know we're to get a little preachy we're we're predisposed to sin so i mean mm. you know there's never going to be a perfect world but it's it's aspiring to the idea that we can get there or at least very, very close. Um, it's up, it's uptown reimagined a couple decades later. Yes. Yes. 1000 up, uptown is a thousand light years away from here too, because you know, when he talked about uptown and you think about what happened with George Floyd in, in Minneapolis and all the other George Floyd figures in, in Minneapolis, Philando Castile, all these folks who've been, um, you know, harassed by the police, Prince still has that utopia, like you say, utopia, uh, utopia vision uh, of what he'd ultimately like to see. Um, right. And also, also my mind goes to a song like Paisley Park. Paisley oh, sure. Park. Paisley Park is an actual physical place. It's a, you know, it's a manifested. It's a yep. complex. Yeah, but it's manifested. It's the ideal. It's the ideal state of being 
yep. manifested into a physical building, but it's it's you know it's the idea of a place that's both within and without yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that really speaks to the message he gives also in this song as well. Um, it's within us and it's outside of us as well at the same time. As, as a matter of fact, in the end of the song, at the end of the song, during his ad libs, which are very, mm -hmm. very passionate, um, he says, stop looking outside yourself. Um, you know, you can live forever. Uh, how does the lyric go? I'm looking at the lyrics right now. Um, uh, I know where you're talking about, but uh, not if you're sick of crying and tired of tears and close your eyes and open your ears, listen to the music, listen to the song, listen to your heart. Is that so wrong? Stop looking in the mirror. It's nothing to fear. Your salvation is near 1,000 light years away from here. And he does some ad-libs in there. I don't think they're necessarily transcribed. But, yeah. He, yeah, he, stop, um, stop looking outside yourself. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look it up and post it in the yeah. in the description on Blog okay. Talk Radio and YouTube. But sure. I, love, I love the lyric. Um, oh, it's... That's what he says. He says you can live forever without even trying. That's what he says. Yeah. So it's it's that that ideal, that vision of the ideal ideal future, you know, where everybody um you know, he says the day that we stop counting and Chelsea Rogers, he says the day that we stop counting will live as long as a tree, you know. And yeah, the, same. the whole the whole idea uh, when he embraced the Jehovah's Witness faith, and that he talked about time as a trick. You know, I don't celebrate birthdays anymore. That's why I look ten years younger, and and right. things like that. The idea of the the concept of man, the man made concept of time, has always been a running narrative um, since he had uh, been introduced to Jehovah's Witness faith. Right, and. Um, that's very re that's very relevant in in this track as well, and his faith was very relevant in the in this album. I wanted to point one thing out that made me think about recent events uh, within the last five years uh, under the pre uh, previous uh, presidential administration and uh, border control. You know, yes. uh, there's that line, and, and you know now having had the last five years happen and having this album released, I, I, I'm informed in a different way when I listen to this album than I probably would have been had it actually been released in its, in its time. Yes, exactly. Uh, but there's that line that says, you may have been dreaming about a new world order, but it's just a nightmare if we still got borders. Right. Wouldn't you rather have me near? Now, I know that there's, a, there's an obvious interpretation that he probably, probably meant in another way, but I think about all the different... Um, immigrant reform and immigrant you know that that kind of thing right it, it creeps into my uh my think my thinking uh right. rather than the spiritual aspect of this uh, uh track right and it's, it's a great it's a great hook what a great oh hook. my god music obviously he thought he used it twice he, he borrowed it and put it into black muse and these dark companion pieces you know i did listen to black muse before coming on with you again and um you know, Black News is a superb track as well. 
but that but yeah. this this also uh uh what a hook <laughs> yeah and just as you were saying that i thought black muse in and of itself would fit really well on this album also oh. because it's a very socially conscious yeah. socially conscious yep soul track you know throwback to the 70s sound yep so yeah a lot of the tracks on a lot of the tracks on uh the hit and run phase two are like that a big yep. city yep. uh uh stare yep <laughs> i mean you know yep a, a lot of a lot of the tracks on that i love hit and run phase two hit and run Again, like this album, it's a much more mature, maybe subdued in certain ways, but it's a much it's a, it's um it's a mature prince. It's it he's just it, you know it's I don't think it's boring. I see people say oh it's just another boring album. It, they're not listening to it, right? They're not right. listening, really listening to it. You know, we're not right. just be just because we're not blind to the fact that listen, I was ready for this album to be anything but great. I think Prince fans can be very, very critical. I can be in that category myself. <laughs> this one, I, this one, yeah. For, for me, it's not since Love Sexy have I had an album which just had one narrative thread and it carried all the way through the album to the very end. And yep. this is that album. Yep. Rainbow Children, I'd say as well. You yep. know, he had one narrative theme. He carried it through the whole thing to the very end. Yep. And then we we get to a track, the fifth track, which is very divisive, very polemic. Um, fans either love it or they absolutely hate it. And guess uh, what, Chris? I'm going to say it again. They're not listening to the track. It's all fun and games, right? Hot Summer. All funny. It's on the outside, right? On the on the periphery. But you look at those lyrics. Anybody and here, after we get through the oh, you know, the little Beach Boys kind of homage, Uh and we go from we go from uh, because there's a Beach Boys feel to it with that organ. You know, people could say I've heard you know people say shake. It reminds them of shake a little bit. I'm like, yeah, okay, just because of the keyboard associate. I could see, I can hear that too, but. Look at the words. Anybody close enough to hear knows what we've been listening to all year. Okay, sounds innocent enough, right? These are the days my people told me to fear. But as long as I got your ear, I think it's going to be a hot summer. Just wait and see. It's not It's not a happy-go-lucky track. It sounds like a happy-go-lucky. It's not a happy-go-lucky right. It's not, not at and, all. And I saw online, um, on Prince.org, actually, yeah. I still visit that site quite often. I have even been though years. it's even though it's got a terrible reputation these these days, and Troll has fest, had yes. for about a decade. Yeah, it is. It is very toxic in some degrees, but um, I still visit there because it's it's the biggest centralized hub of Prince discussion and all other websites and places like Facebook and Twitter, the information and the discussion is very piecemeal and very fragmented. Yeah. So I like to gotcha. go 
I like to go to the org for the sort of centralized um, version of the Prince discussion, but mm -hmm. somebody mm -hmm. on the org said it's a coded message about rioting, riots, hot summer, you know, um, society on fire, you know, basically is what they were saying, what they were hinting at, you know, and I could definitely see that, that connection, like you say, a not so innocent uh, subject matter. Um, yep. Um, and what, what what was the place that that had the the big riots in the sixties? Um, Watts, L.A. Watts, L.A. Yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah. everywhere, really. But that was the that was the biggest uh, demonstration of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm getting from the uh, the song when I listened to it. You know, below the surface, which not a lot of people are doing they think it's a throwaway cutesy little throwaway but if pop you, song yeah, right but if you and i and and others who are and I, whoever posted it on prince.org good for them bravo because anybody close enough to hear he's talking to the fans he's talking right. to the, the hardcore fans who who have been following him you know whether they picked up him later on Whoever, whoever, whoever got aboard the purple train and never left the station, you know, right. got right. didn't get this song. For those who uh, got on the purple train and never and never got off the train, and followed him through his career, got got this. Right, right. It, it, it's it's not just a cutesy song. So it's it. I, I love it for that. I love it. That it's got the little bubbly beep beep beep. You know, <laughs> almost like shake, but and and a little uh, Beach Boy, Be Beach Boys uh, homage and Beach movies, and and the gals and stuff like that. You know, you know, say, oh, this song was fun. He was playing it. They were driving around to Minneapolis Beach and all that. And uh, okay, cool, I get it. Maybe we're reading into it too much. I don't think so because as, as no. I look at the lyrics, I I don't. You know, anyhow, anyway. Sorry if I. Uh, Prince was a master at double and even triple meaning. So oh, sure. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Which, as I say, it, it's getting dark in, in the room that I'm in right now. So visually on YouTube, if you guys are watching on YouTube and not listening on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio, um, I'm disappearing into the darkness. But maybe that's somewhat appropriate given this this. Uh, this album and the way it talks about society sure but um yeah but hopefully you'll still be able to see me as this this uh episode goes on but no, I, I, apo I apologize for not having the foresight to uh properly illuminate myself but um so yeah hot summer not just your surface pop song not just an homage to no to um frankie avalon and annette punicello <laughs> right. for people beach of a certain age bingo. yes beach blanket bingo come on Chris. which again <laughs> it's a it's a it's a great song even 
mm-hmm. even on the surface area. It's a great song, very catchy, right. very easy to sing along to, especially the chorus. And um, hey, look, you know, think Liv, of the police Warfield with right. that. Oh, hot summer, you know, it's so good. Love it, love it. Yes. I think of I think of like when people talk about misunderstood songs, right? You know, uh, the police is every every breath you take, right? Played it played at a lot of weddings in the eighties, nineties, and even today. Yep. And it's yep. a song about control. <laughs> yeah, it's a song about. I mean, it's a song just about like, obsessive control. Every breath you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you. Right. Okay. Oh, it's going to be a hot summer. Oh, right. Okay. There you go. Right, right. <laughs> right, exactly. Love it. I, I love songs like that because there's a perverseness to it. Right, right. <laughs> right, there He's is. not listening. <laughs> there is, exactly. Oh, man. Um, then we've got um, a great cover which yeah. a lot of people a lot of people tend to really like this song and count it among their favorites it's definitely different than the original soul asylum version but it's prince's version of stand up and be strong and and again chris he flips the script on the song too because the way that David Perner and Soul Asylum did it was very standoffish, very punk, very eh, whatever. Stand up and be strong, whatever. It was very sarcastic. And he took the sarcasm of the song, flipped it on its rear end, and made it into a soulful gospel ballad. Right, right. <laughs> Again, exactly. genius. Yes. And and if, 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 if you haven't been around on the Purple Train long enough to to, to know... He, you know, the one thing I want to say, Chris, is that, and I know you being an astute listener, the audio of this was uh, a little bit damaged because of the CDR that they extracted this album off of, right? Am I wrong on that? Yes. Yes. I guess they couldn't clean it up or or do whatever, or maybe they didn't want to retouch it too much to to meddle with the recording. Right, exactly. Exactly, yes. I'm sure it happens elsewhere on the album. They've cleverly disguised it somehow, but this this track you can hear a little bit of sound like CD skipping. Yes. Yes, which is unfortunate, but no. um you know, hey. just due to how minor quibble. How things were stored in the vault and a lot of people are blowing that yeah. out of proportion as well. They're saying oh, of course that it makes the entire album unlistenable and and how dare the estate have the audacity to release a quote-unquote inferior product. But, you know, I don't believe in the negativity. No. I don't let it get to me, so. No. Um, like you say, it's just a minor quibble. Yep. <laughs> it's an unfortunate thing, but, um, you know, it is what it is, and. Yep. I'm grateful that I'm grateful that the estate gave us the album oh, in absolutely. spite of the faults. Um, Listen, he has a lot of albums that the mixes weren't great on to begin with. 
right. this album in general is mixed wonder. I mean, the sound that uh, Jason Agle, the engineer, and and that Morris Hayes gets on on the sound. There's a very lush sound. Okay. Yes, you know. I was, was going to say shout, I, out, shout out to Jason Agle. He yep. was also on the official Prince podcast. Yes. Great telling, to hear his voice. Telling stories about, you know, Prince picking him up in this wild car, you know, with this funk music <laughs> blasting that. out of the radio. and With his mirror pants on. And, oh, I love that story. Dude, I love yes. it. Like, if you could, if, what was this thing? If, if the Hollywood script were written about how you met and worked with Prince, that's pretty much how it worked out for him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah, I love it. Great, great story. And uh, I want to circle back to the last episode as well of the podcast, episode three. I want to give a shout out to Mr. Anil Dash, who was on oh, yeah. the, right. the last episode. I follow him on Twitter and read a lot of his stuff about Prince and about technology. And it was great to finally hear him speak as well. Yes. So yeah, put a voice yeah. to the name. Yes. So shout out to Anil. Um, it was really cool to hey, hear Anil. him talk as well. Yes, it was very cool. He, he had, he had a lot of, he had a lot of good uh, things uh, to add to that podcast episode. Uh, I re-listened to that as well today. So, yep. So, and then we have Check the Record, which is the, you know, the most obvious choice for a chart-topping, you know, single, you know, radio-friendly hit, as they say. Yeah. Uh, just a great, great song. My only quibble with it was that Prince wasn't able to record a proper guitar solo, so we've got him, him, vocal vocally noodling, uh, the guitar solo instead, which is kind of cool in a quirky, you know, sort of way. But I would I'm surprised he didn't use the yeah yeah. I would have preferred a proper guitar solo on this, but um, yeah, um, it's it's Prince being. Bold and brash, and yeah, 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 yeah. Talking I'm about he didn't use. I'm surprised he didn't use his Camille voice like I'm doing right now. There you when go. He sings it. Yes, exactly. Let's check the record, see what it says. Right. I, I'm surprised he didn't do something like that. Oh, Honestly, because wow. it sounds like when he sings, it's on the verge of 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 that timbre that he uses. Yes. Because he's bragging about you know. <laughs> You know, getting the girl. <laughs> yes, exactly. I like the little, I like the little uh, uh, nod to Cheryl Crow in this. Uh, where is it here? If it makes her happy, can it be that bad? Like Cheryl said, it might be the most favorite mistake I've ever had. Right. At which right. that song, my favorite mistake, is about when she was dating Eric Clapton. Yes. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Very interesting. Which makes me want which makes me wonder was he date was he dating somebody at that time that uh, was well known you know maybe he was hinting okay you know because you know Prince was a player oh yeah <laughs> so oh yeah oh oh yeah oh yeah wait wait let's get the oh yeah 
There you go. <laughs> I have a voice changer, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you know. I really like this song. Yeah. Um, guitar, um, like I say, somewhat lacking, but I would have really loved a solo on this. Oh, it rocks out, though. You know, you could have heard this on, um, you could have heard this in the 90s. You yes. could easily have heard a song like this in that, like Chaos and Disorder. Yes. This would fit really well in Chaos and Disorder. Yes, or somebody, again, on Prince.org, somebody yeah. said it gave them the feeling of interactive. Oh, interactive. And it yeah, also well, them, it's in the same key. It's it in the same key. It also gave them the feeling of Endorphin Machine as well. I, I, listen, I was going to say it. I could have heard this on the Gold Experience, like any of those '90s albums post Emancipation. I could have heard. Well, even Emancipation uh, might have fit uh, disc two or something like that. Yes, um, I love the song. Um, A nice little song. It doesn't. It well, is there? Is there a lot of social commentary? It's kind of an outlier in that respect. But then again, you have to have your proverbial. You know, Prince, you know, Mac and the Ladies type of song. You have to have that on a Prince album. So it doesn't it's, really yeah. fit with the overall arc, the thematic arc of the album. But again, well, it's, it's your proverbial. Yeah, it doesn't. Prince player song. Um, so in that respect, I can appreciate it. And it is one of the standouts, I would say, of the of the record uh, melodically. Um, but yeah, and, I really enjoy it. Absolutely. And, and, and uh, you know, we all love a Prince rocker, you know, um, and he, and only the, as only he could do as yes. only he could do. Yeah. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I'm just wondering, she tried to tell me as though I cared. She said, you miss her. And now she's scared. You can mislead him. Even though she's young, she wants her freedom. She wants to run. I'm wondering if it's about somebody, you know, hopefully maybe Dwayne or our dear friend, Dwayne Tudal can uh, enlighten us down the road uh, once he's finished the eighties and hopefully the nineties and beyond. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'd love to know if somebody has more enlightenment. Is this song about something? Cause it sounds like it's about somebody <laughs> to me. Yes, it does. He, you know, he lived his life through his music. So, you know, as we've, as we've come to know, so. And then we've got a track up next that most hardcore oh, fans, no. I would say, have been familiar with for years because it was actually released on the Third Eye Girl YouTube channel back when the whole Third Eye Girl mystery started bubbling up yep. online and the whole yeah. who is Third Eye Girl it's an underground bootlegger, you know, that type of thing. You used, exactly. to, you used to watch the webpage, right? Exactly. Yep, and, yep, that's, yep. and it was actually, the track was actually rumored to be um, considered for inclusion on a deluxe version of the 2010 right. album. Right, right. But of right, course, that, that never materialized. No, it didn't. But we're talking about same page, different book, which all three backup singers have stated on the official podcast that this is their favorite track favorite. Yeah. on the album. So 
Kurt, what do you think of same page, different book? Um, it, I love it. It, it's got that nice funky little, again, it's got that seventies. The only thing you're missing are the strings, you know, the, the little strings in the background. Yep. Um, uh, little pizzicato strings or something. Uh, I, I like it. So, uh, again, I could have heard this uh, on the 2010 album, actually. Yes. Um, and and uh, I, uh, on the other end of it, I could have heard Act of God from the 2010 album on this album as well. Yep. In place of In place of same page, different book. Yes. If I were sequencing the album personally... I would have taken same page, different book, stuck it on 2010, and stuck Act of God in here instead. Ooh. How about that? That's Thank a little... You know, I'm ready for the smoke on that one. I'm ready for the smoke, because to me, 2010 had its moments. Act of God was one of the highlights on that album. And for me, this is in that kind of vein. Um, yes. And and I, and I would... I You know, I... The, you know, uh, Shelby J's improvised rap that she wrote down at the last minute. Yes. And then, all right, you know, uh, it, it's good. You know, she's not a rapper by nature, but, you know, let's see what you can do. You know, again, he pushes people's limits to what they think they can do or can't do. Here you go, Shelby. Write a rap. Go. Right. And, and uh, is, you know. Which is one of the. Seven billion reasons why I love Prince is he sees the capacity of others that they don't see in themselves. Uh, yeah, uh, but this um again, this album's full of, of of the messages and the little hidden things in here and stuff like that. He's got the whole biblical uh thing at the end uh death and resurrection of the second adam instead oh oh here galatians chapter three says the law was good as dead having faith in the life death and resurrection of the second adam instead would bring us all salvation if there's works in the faith we choose but if you're all alone throwing stones who do you think is going to lose i i love i, I mean the, the lyrics are great there's some great lyrics on this album i mean really fantastic oh, yeah. top-notch Lyric, yep, lyric right. Yep. Yeah, it's a very thought-provoking album overall, and that's what I really love. I love this from damn, Prince. Love this damn album. I, I, I will champion this thing. I will probably still be listening to it a year from now. I don't yes. know that I can say the same thing about 2010. To be honest with you, aside from "Lay Down" and "Act of God," um, you know. Other tracks on there for me were, were were filler. I hate to say it, but they were. They, they those were. are those are my two favorites. The ones that you just mentioned, yeah, are my two favorites as well. And compassion is good too. Compassion has its moments, too. I uh, but I like I like beginning endlessly quite a bit. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually. Okay, so now you're you're reminding me. You're reminding me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't hate the album, but it's not. Uh, it's not this. <laughs> no, it's no. not. No. Why this wasn't released, uh, and and that was well, in a newspaper. I actually was in England uh, for my fortieth birthday when this was in the uh, 
uh, when the, the, the British newspaper, what the heck was it called? Uh, and I got, I have a copy of this album from that newspaper. Yes, I do. I do as well. The Guardian. The, the Guardian. The Guardian. I do as well. From, I think it was a in a French newspaper as well. Ah, um, right. And I have a copy of the French paper that it was in. Oh wow! So um, cool. yes, um, and we're rapidly approaching the end oh, of God. the album. Actually, we're on to I track. Know. We're on to track ten. Ugh. Which is ten ten, Brin ten ten, love it. And um, <laughs> yeah, unless you grew Ooh, up wait in a minute. The, unless you when... grew up in the fifties or had a parent or grandparent that grew up in the fifties, you might not get these references. The Lone Ranger. Oh, I know. And Brin ten ten, but that's another that's another podcast entirely. Oh Kurt, no! What kidding. do you think of this track? I, I love it. Um, again, I, actually, this is one of my this is one of my favorite this is one of my favorite uh, cuts, uh, and and it and it because it it it's uh, again all these earthquake flood y'all better hurry Ken ask the Lone Ranger Rin Tin Tin, I mean analog people in a digital world too much information just make your hair curl nothing left of value it's all the same kind we got to let the funk unwind i i love it and the references to bach and uh, beethoven and bach um you know as a classically trained compose a uh, uh, musician myself uh, i appreciate he he throws in that that with the little harpsichord uh uh riffs after mentioning those two guys, um, well, of course, that would be more of Box Day. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. And, and, and there's a little humor. There's humor in that song, too. Right. Even though he's talking about a serious subject, he doesn't ever uh, lose his sense of humor. Completely. Right. Never. And he's talking about, of course, the Lone Ranger and yep. Tin Tin Tin, Win Tin Tin. Right. Were you know, uh, heroes from the golden age of television. So he's kind of doubling back on that old school vibe. Oh, absolutely. And hoping that some of his listeners pick up on it, but for the youngsters, it'll go right over their heads. But of course, uh, I grew up, you know, watching black and white TV and reruns on Nick at night and all that stuff. Same here. So I know, I know all those shows, but yeah, uh, I'm sure Lassie feels left out of the song. But hey, we'll, 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 we'll. <laughs> yeah, he could have said something about somebody falling down a well. <laughs> what a well? <laughs> right, a well of deceit uh, or a well of lies? Oh, something like right. That. Oh God, right, right. Um, yeah, no, it's but, a great tune. Great, it's a great tune. I, I love it. Uh, yeah, I musically, don't... musically, it's just, it's just dirty and gritty, in the yeah. best way. You know, it's so funky. Oh yeah, no, I love it. Absolutely, it's so love it funky. But yeah, definitely a highlight. Absolutely. And again, we... the the backup singers. Oh, their backing vocals are superb on this. Oh, fantastic! 
Yeah, um, I mean, the fact that they all shared a microphone to do it, something you're not exactly doing in the age of COVID right now. But, um, you know, but, but they, they, you know, they, they uh, all were together in, with one microphone singing those three-part harmonies, and that gave it an organic sound. That's how they would record in the old days. Right, you know, Beach right. Boys, the Beach Boys would be all around the same microphone, you know, around the circle, mic, circular microphone, and, uh, and and record that way as well. And there's something about that when you're singing as a group like that. It gives a certain uh, feeling. So, And know. then the penultimate track, track number 11, a clear homage to Sly and the Family Stone. Yes. In my estimation. Yes. We're talking about Y-E-S. Yes. Love this song. Yep. Sort of in the same vein as one of those hit and run rock ditties like like Mars on the Third Eye Girl album. Plectrum Electrum sort of gave me that same vibe. But the, there's a uh, twenty yeah, there's a twenty ten track that uses the same keyboard sound as this one. Um be, beginning endlessly, I think. That little orchestral sounding hit. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, you're correct. I'm just putting it together in my head, yes. Yeah, I, I had to yeah. Yeah. When I heard immediately heard it, I went I, I love the backbeat of this thing. Nice propulsive yes. nice propulsive movement to it. You know? Yes. It's a gem. Yes, and it talks about, again, that utopian sort of vision where if you're tired of how things are going on, you know, stand up and say yes. If you're ready for, I don't know exactly how the lyrics go. I haven't been able to look up the, look at the booklet in depth myself, but it's such an upbeat, positive message, and it's sort of, you know, getting us out of the whole mindset of the entropy of society and yep. sort of looking forward to a rebuilt, uh, refashioning of society where there's equity and freedom for all. And he's basically saying that if you're ready for that, Stand up and say yes. Mm-mm-mm. And this could so, have been a protest song uh, written right after the the unrest in the, around the country for Black Lives Matter. Yes, this, this could have been one of those songs. I mean, it, it sounds like it, it could have been written for that. You know. Yes, indeed. I mean, my my beloved town of Baltimore, where I'm originally from, I'm now living in, in outside of Philadelphia in Conshohocken, Pennsylvania. But um, you know, I was there for the Freddie Gray. For the whole Freddie Gray uh, matter, and uh, you know he wrote Baltimore immediately. Uh, within a month, came to uh, and I was at that show that he played uh, as a as a uh, tribute uh, as a benefit concert for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Baltimore, and uh, I imagine that he would have done something very much in that vein for Minneapolis at that time. But this sounds like something that could have been written for you know what was going on in Minneapolis. You know, um, very much so. Yeah, uh, uh, great, great track. Yes, very, very uplifting. Um, Almost a foreshadowing to uh, artificial cage. 
because yeah. uh, if you're ready, uh, if you're ready, we can turn the page. As long as they ain't moving us to a bigger cage. Right, right. Good catch. Good right. catch there. It's at, well, or it's talking about another prison. Right. You know, enslaving us, another form of enslavement. But uh, right. for me, that, that, that I just like, oh, okay, you know. Right. Sorry, this didn't come out because you know. It, it's not artificial age. I will say that this this album uh, is its own thing. It's its own vibe. Which, if you guys don't know, which you probably do, because followers of this podcast most likely know that my Twitter handle is artificial age. That's yes. how much I love the album. Oh, um, masterpiece. Yes, but yeah, that's a that's an interesting connection. Yep, there's and a connection then, to it. Yeah, there is a connection to it, and I, and it just uh, dawned on me today. Yep, yep. So, great track. And then we've got what I believe to be the perfect, perfect bookend track oh, to yeah. this album. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Mm-hmm. One day we will all be free. Yep. And that title... Reminds me so much of Dr. King. Yep. I can't even tell you. Yep. But again, hearing this song, I was nearly moved to tears because um, you go to school just to learn about what never existed. Yep. You go to, you go to church just to learn why you have to die or why you deserve to die. Those two lines are so deep. Yep. It isn't even funny. I mean, no, it's not mind blowing stuff. My, my favorite lyric, Chris, is the you go to school just to learn about what never existed if your history only burns. Right. It's better to resist it. Keeping it Franklin, Benjamin Banneker was never born a slave. And if George Washington never told no lie, maybe we'd all be saved. I mean, he just puts a button on it with his falsetto. Right. Damn. Right. And I, I mean, need, <laughs> I need a little, I need a little enlightenment on one of those lyrics because I, I haven't really done my research. But do you know about Benjamin Banneker? Uh. Benjamin Banneker, okay, was a free African-American almanac author, surveyor, landowner, and farmer who had knowledge of mathematics and natural history. He was born in my hometown, Baltimore County, Maryland. Wow. To a free African-American woman and a former slave, Banneker had literal or no formal education and was largely self-taught. He actually uh, was born in Baltimore, died in Oella, which is near Catonsville, Maryland. Two one two two eight for those playing at home. So, keeping it keeping it in my oh, I I have zip codes memorized from working. That's a, a whole other topic. Working as a tele a, a tele person. <laughs> yeah, uh, for the Baltimore Symphony back way back. Uh, not long a, not long after this album would be released, I was a school teacher. At the time uh, that this album would have been recorded, but um, I, I remember those Maryland zip codes like the back of my hand. Bless you, by the way. Um, 
But yeah, Benjamin Banneker, um, he wasn't born a slave. Right. So he, you know, he's throwing all the, oh, and you know, the line about, um, where is it? What's the song that talks about high yellow should be ashamed? Right? That's going back to the beginning there. Oh, that's, is that son of a slave master? Yes. The running game. Oh, yes. So, you know, anybody says Prince was, and, 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 and Prince was a proud black man and yes. he puts this stuff in there to see if you're paying attention. He's very pointed. Is a very there are very pointed comments throughout this album regarding race. He, he never shied away from that. Never shied away. No, and that that Black sort news of would have been perfect on this album. You yes, know? yes, and that sort of makes me wonder if that might have been if that might have factored into the reasoning of this not being released because it would have it would have caused much debate and much um you know much conversation because well this is a deep heavy album right but he released rainbow children and family name i dare say has just as much of that uh uh in it as any of these tracks one of one of the theories that i've read online that somebody posted Mm -hmm. seems really feasible to me is that um Tall and Chris, the bassist and the drummer were were um, already contracted to uh, play with other artists, so they weren't able to tour the album. Mm. So therefore, Prince decided to shelve it. Hmm. Um, and that sounds really feasible and really likely to be, but um, for hey. whatever. For whatever reason, the album wasn't released. And they were both so in demand, though, as as session musicians um, yes. on their own. I mean, she played with Jeff Beck. She's played with, yes. uh, you know, he's played with a whole host of other folks as well. Yes. Uh, uh, New Kids on the Block, I believe. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, you go from NKOTB to Prince. Right. <laughs> Not, nothing against them, but uh, but, but, you know. He was an in-demand session musician, as she is still, both of them. But um, I was, yeah, that, I was that, actually, I was actually a secret NKOTB stand stand in their heyday. I I was actually a big fan of the New Kids on the Block. Hey, I didn't let a lot of people know that, but <laughs> please don't go, girl. You know, I mean, come on, Joey, back when he could still sing that high. Oh yeah. Now listen, they had their th- th- listen. They still are out there. They still go out and tour, and and do well. So um, they're they're doing all right. What, um, Chris? We did not talk about when she comes. Oh, did we skip over when she comes? That's okay. We can, <laughs> we can still, listen. You can edit this. We can still talk about it. Delayed gratification. I did not oh, listen. <laughs> How appropriate for such a song. <laughs> tantric, tantric stuff, delayed gratification. Uh, yeah. Good. good one. Good job. Good yeah. job. I think, I, I think I'm just going to keep all this in because this is good stuff. Hey. Um, yeah, but let's. I, I never back. edit my stuff. I never edit my stuff. 
Let's I circle love... back. Let's yeah. circle back when she comes. Of course, we had again a. Uh, in retrospect, it's a reprise version of, or a reinterpretation, I would say, of the track on Hit and Run Phase Two. But this is the original version. I like this better. Um, I like this better. I, I do I, too. I actually like this better. I do it, too. It's it's more. It it's like the print. It, it really. If we're gonna say okay for those who were, want Prince to be like he was back in the day, here you go. Yep. <laughs> yep. Now shut up the... and let me do. Let, let shut up and let me do my politically charged songs. <laughs> oh, you right. want a song like I used to do back in the here? It, it, th- this is very much in line, Chris. This song, and as it was on Hit and Run Phase Two, if you think of this, the albums that came before this, it's very much in, in line with On the Couch and um, Satisfied. Satisfied, thank you, on thirty one twenty one. Yes, the, the baby making songs. These are the, the these are the ones. You put those three songs together, they're in the same vein. It's okay. Hey, he could he could record a dozen of those, you know. Or as my brother would call it, belly rubbing music. You get close dancing, and you get close enough to rub bellies. There so you it's go. belly rubbing music. That's all right. There you go. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, definitely, definitely one of the highlights of the album, I would say. Um, and again, Princess Falsetto is mm. on point like you say he never ever lost it uh, contrary to what uh, some quote unquote fans will tell you but um yeah just a great great track and uh yeah um to paraphrase an old cliche you know you could take the how would it work you could take the dirty out of or you 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 can take the prince out of the dirty, but you can't take the dirty out of prince. Nope. Something like that. You can funk with prince, but you can't take prince out the funk or whatever. You know. Yeah, listen, you I, I got what you're saying. You, you know, it, exactly. It, um, he he still had all that, and he didn't curse or any of that. You know. Yeah, exactly. He didn't have to go there. Uh, no. When she comes, when she comes, has just as much of that uh-huh. sexually charged energy as any of that older stuff. Oh yeah, you need. This is the obligatory slow jam. You know, you gotta you have got, it. You've got to yep. have a slow jam on a Prince record. And again, you know, just like with check the record, does it fit thematically? Yep. Not really, but who cares? It's a good yep. song, you know. Oh, it's great. Yep. Um. So yeah, do we want to? Do we want to say anything else about when she comes? I mean, it's pretty. Uh, it's uh, pretty uh, self-explanatory. I I I love. It's a different. It, it's it it's a. Is it quicker paced temp, tempo wise? Yes. I thought hit and run phase two when she. it's a little slower um this one's got a little more pep yes it's it's still coy he's still got his he's up to his old tricks it's okay and and we love them all and all the better for it 
it's got a little more pep, but yet it's not premature. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> Love it. Thank yep. you very much. I'll be here all night. Try the veal. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Try the wa- or where you're from, try the walleye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> try the walleye pike. Yes. Mm, at Maynard's. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've actually had it at Maynard's. So. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Great, great album. Yes. Um, I've gained a new appreciation for it. Yes. Even talking to you tonight. Good. And um, that's what it's about. Yeah. I already really, really loved it. But talking about it tonight with you. Yes. It's like, yeah, this album is fire pretty much. So, yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's a slow burn. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it smolders. It, it's, um, I hate to use that cliche, it's a sleeper album. It's one of those that my people may pass over. Oh, okay, this is all slow. But it, it's, it's an album worth listening to. Again, all the things that we've talked about the album, it's worth buying because uh, we need to value music. And uh, you can't put a price on good music, but unfortunately in this case we do. The deluxe version, I, I have the deluxe version as I'm sure we're going to delve, delve into a little bit here. Yes. Um, wor- worth getting. Um, I wouldn't have minded this booklet, which has gotten a little heated from... Uh, being on my laptop. I wouldn't have minded this being a little sturdier. Yes. I agree. Uh, but um like the Sign of the Times book. Right. But I do what I do like about this in terms of this in, versus the Sign of Lines Sign of the Times Super Deluxe set is that it's not attached the CDs aren't attached to the book. Right. That drove me nuts. Yes. <laughs> yes, I agree. But this package is way better, and yeah. overall, overall, it's another exquisite presentation by the estate. I yes, mean, just, you know, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Yes, um, it is. And there we have our, yes, our uh, <laughs> modeling da, 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 of the da, set. Da, da. <laughs> but these, the, the, uh, the quote here. Is worth yes. mentioning um, where he talks about uh, Black Wall Street, um, less the uh, it, it just equal opportunity and freedom. I mean, the the quote that's on here: self interest is on the back burner for now. There is too much at stake. The most important thing right now is to take advantage of the changing landscape of America. This is him in July 2010. Right. <laughs> I mean. The long-standing monopoly of white ownership of black music should be abolished. Uh, and I did I uh, escape? Where does he talk about um, the most important, the uh, long-standing monopoly? Blah, 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 we don't need to be. Uh, oh, in a world fast headed towards globalization, we need to be free. We need to free the art from the gatekeepers. That all black culture is monochromatic. I mean, he <laughs> the homogenization of uh, and uh, you know erasing of 
identity. That, those quotes right there make me really upset that he wasn't able to finish his memoir. Yeah, I know. Because his I memoir, yep. if, if, if that's anything Agreed. to go by, his memoir would have been extraordinary. Um, yeah. I mean, just, you know, and he, he planned to make it about, you know, the African-American struggle and all that. So he would have gone very deep into all of that. So it would have been very unique to hear his viewpoints uh, from his own, from, and, and, uh, I would have paid money to have a super deluxe version of that where we saw the writing of in, in his own pen, you know, in his own hand. Yep. Those first 50 pages. Yep. I would have, I would have given a lot to see that. Yeah. You know, because he had exquisite handwriting. Yes, he did. You see the lyrics to his songs. You're like, damn. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. Yep. Great yep. stuff. And the package is, is very very well put together, just absolutely yes, beautiful. I like having the vinyl and the CD. Well, it's not eight CDs or or twelve records. And right, imagine if you had <laughs> eight CDs worth of Welcome to America tracks and stuff. So they were able to get away with housing both the vinyl, which I don't own a record player yet. I don't have a turn. I have two cats. I'm very paranoid about having a record player. With two two boy kitties running around the house, <laughs> right? Yeah, but right, but it's lovely. It's lovely, right? And I was going and to ask you, what do you think of all the all the little bonus goodies, the replica ticket oh, and the, the replica pass? Yeah, that's really fun. I like that. I like that. I I'm almost don't want to touch it, you know, too too much. So that they last right. longer or whatever, but right. no, I, I it's cool. It's cool to a concert that I never went to. Yeah, we love all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's very cool as well. You know, people were like a printed set list that yes. would have been like you know when he would have recorded the album. Yeah, love, love it. Yes, yes, and everybody. Well, not everybody, but the majority of the majority of fans I see online are sort of bemoaning the fact that we get these you know these little extras as a as a as a bonus and they say they're kind of you know super superfluous and um but i think they're a really nice always going to be of a, of a great live era in prince's history yep and they're really cool to have with the package so i'm i'm grateful to have the little this is worth extras. it, though. And this is worth getting. Yes. The gem. We need to get yes. to that. Yes. Yes, sir. August or April 28th, yep. 2011, mm-hmm. the LA Forum. Um, one of the one of the only pro shot um, concerts of the tour. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's accurate. And you know what, though? I mean, maybe Pro Shot, but he did videotape everything. Right. Right, as we know. Um, whether it was uh, deliberately Pro Shot like this, yeah, you're probably right. Right. But, um, and very, very important, 
for the first time in a Prince release appearing on Blu-ray. Um, just exquisite video and audio quality. Yes. Um, Dolby Atmos, too. Yes, Dolby Atmos as well. Just amazing presentation. Um, and the show is a party and a half. Um, it's completely, completely captivating. And, you know, from, from all the bitching and moaning, you know, I hate to curse, but. Oh, I love it. From all the bitching and moaning online about how this was mostly a background singer show. And oh, and there's too many covers and boo. too many covers and all out of that. 21. Now look, uh, shout out to D'Angela Duff because uh, she had your our good buddy there, Dwayne Tudall, on, uh, and they brought up while while uh, plugging his book, The Sign of the Times, and the Parade and Sign of the Times era book that he put out, which is wonderful. Um, halfway through it, um, they asked him. You know what he thought of the 2000, you know, Welcome to America album, and he is an editor for this Blu-ray. Yes. You look at the credits. He he actually edited the Blu-ray. He actually edited this concert and got close-up shots of Prince smiling, or so. Our good buddy Dwayne Tudall, the the man, the the cataloger of 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 Prince, and you know the our our wonderful art uh, record keeper. Uh, figure out there, you know, had a hand in this, right? And which is really great. I was like, oh, is that right? Oh, I didn't know. And he had a hand in the Sign of the Times one too, the New Year's Eve concert, which I was like, oh, that's right, he did, right? Um, so I'm glad that you know, because he likes to keep the Prince Estate and and uh, what he does with the book separately, but. It's nice to see that he had a hand in uh, not just uh, liner notes, but actually in the visual content because he was a documentarian. You know, he he worked in the TV mediums and visual mediums for many years. Yes. So yeah, nice to see. Nice to see his hands uh, were well put together, and you got some great close-up shots of Prince on this. Oh yes, smiling and playing the keyboards and and the band. Uh, but again, this show, Chris, is over 21, you know, one of 21 nights. So one night you're going to get him playing a lot of covers and, you know, play that funky music white boy in there. And, uh, uh, you know, and then the next night you're going to get. Who knows? That's the whole thing about a Prince show is that it not, not, it's never going to be the same. Yeah. My point was, though, from all the. Yeah. From all the moaning online, I was expecting yeah. to be underwhelmed by the show. And when I watched the show, it was the exact opposite. I was yeah. I was overwhelmed at how good yeah, it was. It was, it was great. I mean, just a, a a straight up purple party from beginning to end. Yes. Yes, are there is it heavy on the hits? Yes. Are there some deep cuts? Yes. I mean, he opens with days. He, he oh wait a minute, yes, seventeen days. Oh, the the B side of all B sides. I mean, that's a great a B side. Come on, I mean, and that's a classic B side. You know, yes, Purple Rain. But he he, but opens, he opens with, with joy and repetition yes. for God's sake. Oh my God, stop bitching about the the fact that it comes. He opens with a deep cut. 
And wait a minute. Shh is in there. Yes. I mean, shh isn't exactly, uh, I mean, the goal experience. So he covers a lot of different grounds. Yes. Party Man. I mean, that was on the yes. Batman soundtrack, I, which I've seen him do live in a club in D.C. <laughs> uh, which I, I always say if I was a more confident person, if I was the person that I really wanted to be on the outside, like I am on the inside, Party Man is my theme song. There you go. So, yeah, just the other day on Twitter, I said, just yesterday, I said, would somebody please walk behind me with a boombox blasting this yes. song? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, next, yeah. next year when I come out there and uh, Michael Holt is going to DJ for my for my 52nd birthday, we'll make that happen. Sweet. We'll make that happen. Sounds we like a plan. I don't know if I'll dress up as the Joker for it, but go with a smile. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. If you got to go, go with a smile. If you got to go. Go with a smile. <laughs> exactly. See my buddy Chris? He's been using brand X. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But we digress. <laughs> but no, he's got a little bit of everything. A little bit of something for everybody. Oh, you want a deep cut? I got that. Cover tune? You never would expect me to. Roxy Music. He's a huge Brian Ferry Roxy Music fan. And he closes the show with that. More than this. And he starts the show with Joy and Repetition. He said, there's more than this. He hints at that he's going to do the song. Right. Right? That's brought up. I think, believe Dwayne brought that up uh, recently. Right, right. And, and uh, sh- shout out. It, it's brilliant because I, I didn't pick up on that the first time. I got to go back and watch it now. <laughs> right. This is one you got to go back and watch. You know, um, the Purple Rain Tour DVD uh, that we all were able to get with the deluxe, uh, you know, we need a super deluxe version in 2024, right? I mean, let's yes. be honest. We need we need a remastered version of that. So I'm just saying. Yes. But anyhow, but I digress on that. Um, we need the first Avenue show on that deluxe. So yeah. Just saying. Anyhow. <laughs> um, my favorite. That's actually my favorite live gig. Oh, that my he's God, ever come done. on. Because it's right, he's right on the cusp of superstardom, and he knows it. It's so iconic, so does, iconic and unbel- unbelievable. He does a Joni Mitchell song amidst all this other stuff that he does. You know, "Case of You" is in there. Yes, uh, at, which could seem to be out of place with all the rest of the stuff that he does, but he doesn't because he makes it work for right. his show. Right. You know, and he covers a bunch of songs on here. It's it, uh, who cares? Who cares that he covers songs? Yeah, but, he, but a love bazaar. Yes, I mean, come on! He wrote all these songs. The bird, jungle love. Well, well, this is the time he wrote the damn things. It's all Prince music at the end of the day, yeah. you know, as far as that's concerned, you know. Yep. It would have been nice if Sheila to come out, and uh, maybe she was busy, but Sheila to come out on that one song. But, you know. Yeah. So, bottom line. Yes. Uh, great album. Yes. Uh, revelatory album. Yes. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
iconic album. Hidden Gem. And uh yeah, Hidden Gem for sure. Yeah. Um if and, and did- if we could if we could classify albums as deep cuts within an artist's discography, I would say Welcome to America would be a deep cut in the discography. Yes. Um, I put I it think, up there. Yeah, yeah. I put it up there with uh, Lotus Flower, and uh, uh, yep. I, Lotus Flower is one of my favorite deep cut uh, albums by by Prince ever. Uh, I like MPLS music. It's a different vibe. You know, he's doing more Pro Tools and stuff on that. Yes. But for me, uh, Lotus Flower, this album and Lotus Flower would be nice companion pieces because yes. you've got songs like Colonized Mind. Colonized Mind would have fit perfectly on Welcome to America. Yes. Yes. And uh, he's he's not totally political all the way through in that album, but he, he you know, there's spiritual moments on it and... and uh, Anyway, yeah, I love it. Bottom line, great album. Yes. Exquisitely presented box set. Oh, yeah. It's... Wonderful concert Blu-ray. Yep. And some fun little extras thrown in. Yeah. Um, And I would say if you can afford it, if it's within your means, go ahead and get it. Yep. Um, but definitely get the album in whatever whichever format you can afford yep. whichever format you prefer get this album purchase it stream it i mean go crazy because yeah this album this album is worth it bottom line Love, this album yep. is worth it definitely so i wish i wish more albums of prince's in the 2000s had gotten this kind of publicity and this kind of marketing Yes. Like the way it's getting marketed now. Yes, I agree. Whether he would have allowed it or not, but um, I, I wish we had had this kind of publicity for, for those albums. I agree. Shout out to Legacy Music, who has yep. been they working great with job. the estate. Yep. Um, been doing a great job with these packages. Yep. Um, just wonderful work, and I look forward to to future releases, but um, Kurt, any closing comments? I'm excited to see what they're going to do next in terms of uh, okay. output. Um, because uh, I guess they have this for the next couple of years, the catalog. Uh, hopefully we'll get more, uh, whether we'll get a whole album's worth of material, you know, oh, we just found another album. I mean, and he has albums that he finished and shelved. Right. So maybe this is the beginning of that um, I have a feeling we'll probably just get another reissue at some point. Uh, uh, but uh, the rumor, the rumor in the wind right now, is diamonds and pearls super deluxe, which makes sense because it's 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 two thousand twenty one. It came out in nineteen ninety one, thirtieth anniversary. Sure, why not? And have a whole diamonds and pearls concert because I know there's a pro shot one. Um, which is really great. You know, that early incarnation of the NPG like that, I mean, that was a crack band and the dancing and Tony M. I'm a fan of Tony M. Huge fan. Wouldn't mind that at all. This album is its own era, which I love. And it's a great time capsule. If you could, if you could put in a thing, 
it's great that we get the Welcome to America tour, but it's great that we get the album to go with it. And hopefully going forward, Chris, I hope that they uh, put in some kind of concert film. So if they do the Diamonds and Pearls, great. Give us the uh, all the different B-sides, the tracks, the remixes. Also uh, give us an Act 1 tour show. Oh, yeah. Right? It was the Act 1 tour, right? Yeah, baby. Act well, one there's and the Act Diamonds two. and Pearls in London. There's the Diamonds and Pearls. I, I wouldn't mind that at all. There's that Diamonds and Pearls in London show. Earl's Court. Earl's Court. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give us I, that and an Act 1 show. I personally love that whole era because my favorite, one of my favorite TV appearances that Prince ever did was that. Arsenio Hall show promoting as it aired diamonds and pearls saw it as it aired yeah it was so yep again so iconic with the yellow suit yep and uh you know when he played cream he was chewing gum singing cream and playing the guitar and just you know so iconic so funny that sense of humor that era holds a special place in my heart as well. So sure. looking forward to that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but overall great work by the estate. Um, I yes. wanted to call back to your earlier comment about purple rain, super deluxe 2024 mm-hmm. estate. I'm telling you right now, you better make it happen or I'm going to be one upset dude yes give us the give us those that want we want the what that what what warners did with the uh, sign the time super deluxe set we'd love to see that with the purple rain yes honestly yes i mean when you read Dwayne's book (laughs) right the purple rain era book you read the sign of the times and we're getting a lot of what the what we wanted in that super deluxe set because we read through oh yeah well that tracks on there that tracks on there that tracks on there and there's so much that isn't on there but you know so we'd have a 300 you know dollar or more set but with the purple rain stuff there's all these songs that you know oh god put this on put that on (laughs) yeah hell put the family album in there i don't care Give us a, give us all. Of them. Well, maybe that's more maybe a parade deluxe set, super deluxe set. But right, but but I digress. Right, but we don't yeah, want less. Great, great work by the estate, and yes, I'm with you. I look, I really look forward to what is to come. We need to and keep the lights on at Paisley Park. We need to keep the light with the. We need to keep the estate going. We need to keep his legacy going. And Amen. There you go. We, you know, there you go. They're, they're that, really trying their best. Yeah. And on that note, I think we'll bid you adieu for now. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for having me on, Chris. It's been a pleasure. We finally did it. Yes, we did it. And uh, on behalf of Both myself and also Kurt, I'd like to say thank you very much for watching on YouTube and listening on Blog Talk Radio and Apple Podcasts. And until next time, I'm Chris Johnson, and I'm out. But just one second, I want to say 
Shout out to PA. We love Pennsylvania because our own Dreamy Pop Royalty is from East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to PA. Shout out to the Poconos. Yes, there we go. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks so much.